Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome. This is Marcia Nelson, and this is the show, The New Feminine Wealth, where we talk about money and women, and we have a special guest today. I am on a mission to bring heart to the subject of money for women. Women have a tough time talking with each other about money, and Women have a tough time sometimes feeling like it's really okay to want money, yet they're working very hard to get it, or they already have it, and they're doing good things with it, uh, and yet scratch the surface, and most women are not really comfortable with money. They have, an, let's say, an uneasy relationship with money. So... I want us to have new conversations, new types of conversations about money, not such as, well, what are you earning and how much are you progressing or how, you know, the the numbers. It's not about the numbers usually for women. And uh, I was in, in fact, I was in Europe this summer, and when I was traveling, I was interviewing women for my book that I'm writing, The New Feminine Wealth. And I really got a clear picture of women's resistance to talking about money when I was talking to these European women. Because right down the line, when I said, I want to open new kinds of conversations among women about money, most of those women's first response was, oh, but I don't want to say how much I how much I have, or I don't want to say how much I earn. And a couple of people said, you Americans, you're always wanting to talk about how much money you have and everybody else has. And I said, no, no, no. That's the old conversation about money. The new kinds of conversations are going to be really, really different. So today is an opportunity for us to bring in an element of money that I think is really important to women, but most women don't even think of this particular element and money in the same thought. They don't talk about this particular element and money in the same breath. And this element that I think is so important to women is heart. Heart. We care about relationships, Relationships all come from the heart. We care about our families, our communities. We care about doing good works in the world. And those things are all heart-centered. When I ask someone to list all the parts of their lives where their hearts are really activated and engaged, I have yet to have anybody list money. Uh, or wealth or prosperity as something that they put in that category of activated heart. So today I have somebody here who is going to help us change that. She is an expert at bringing heart 
into our thinking, feeling, and conversations about money. Her name is Sharla Jacobs, and I'm going to, let me see, how do, what do I want to do here? I'm thinking, there's so many things that I know that Sharla does really, really well, but the primary thing I think is, I think of her as um, a profoundly effective and positive and uplifting and grounding communicator. She talks with people from the heart without even them necessarily knowing knowing it, but people feel better about themselves. They open up. I've seen her start conversations about money where people opened right up, and she is one of my favorite people who is already starting new ways to talk about money, wealth, prosperity, and who we are in the heart of and the soul of our being altogether. Sharla Jacobs, welcome so much to the New Feminine Wealth Show. Thank you, Marsha. I'm delighted to be here, and I am delighted to share whatever wisdom I can, although I will, I will humbly say that just as everyone else here, I'm always learning and growing, and yet I think that belief and that energy that I'm always learning and growing in this area is probably what allows me to be open and be able to share some of what I'm going to share today. Exactly, exactly. And don't you think when women are talking, it, it's the most enlightening when we're in that state, when when we're helping each other share and grow and learn and uplift each other and relating to each other's struggles. And, and so often... Uh, even recognizing when the person or the people we're talking with feel isolated in the issue that they're sharing about. Yes. Yes, and we all, you know, as women, we want to contribute to other people. It's a need for us, and it really is a basic human need to be of contribution. And so when we can show up in contribution to someone else and have a new dialogue about money and involve heart in it, it's an opportunity for us to make a difference for them and also for ourselves because if we're going to open up the relationship with money to a bigger circle, we can really consider that just about everything that we do in our lives with the exception of, you know, as I'm tying my child's shoe or, um, you know, preparing their food for them or sitting down and having family conversation, but so much of what we do that allows us to have this kind of rich and delicious life revolves around being able to have some kind of commerce, whether we're working in a job or like most women who are probably, you know, paying attention to this show, entrepreneurial um, or are of high net worth and out there making a difference. There's a lot of commerce involved, whether it's for profit or for nonprofit. And it is that you know, the abundance of money that's there or the lack of it that really drives our lives in so many ways. So how we talk about it with ourselves and with each other really has an impact. It does. And I'm glad you said it with ourselves, too, because most of our dialogue about money happens internally and I think unconsciously. We, yes. we don't, There's no one there in, in our own mind to question what we're saying or to reframe it or present maybe a healthier, more, more balanced, or more self-compassionate conversation about yes, money. And, yes, unless we take a very deep dive 
and we say, hey, I need to actually hire a coach or somebody to really help me inquire deeply about this because of the suffering it's causing for me or because I want something more, I want greater prosperity, I want greater happiness and joy, or we have done enough of that personal growth work that you know we're reading books and we're inquiring and perhaps we have a partner a life partner that can help us with that exploration and um you know either way it's it's something to get handled <laughs> no question what direction would you like to see our conversations about money going at this point in um the you know we, I was talking about starting those new kinds of conversations what kind would you like to see or maybe one or two aspects of a new conversation that you think would be really beneficial for women to start um, thinking in terms of and talking with friends and colleagues about maybe? Yes, this is a great question, Marcia, because I was thinking about this the other day. I was driving along, and I'll give you actually a little short story, a little short history about who I am and how I got to be where I am so you could kind of relate to you know, where I am in my journey and, and see how it relates to you. And then I'll talk about some of how this has impacted me and why this is important to change our conversation. So, I, you know, I grew up in a family where money wasn't talked about, as most of us did, and if it was, it was complained about, it was stressed about. There was a, a great conversation about, uh, well, we can't afford that, we can't afford that. So I you know I grew up in a, a blue collar family my mom was a receptionist secretary my father was a bartender bar manager and uh, I was actually the first person in my family to get a college degree I have a master's degree and you know the to make the story short that I um I got my acupuncture license and didn't really realize that I was becoming an entrepreneur by doing that <laughs> and started my business and fell flat on my face pretty quickly and I realized that I had no skills in marketing and selling and that just being good at what I was doing, I was also a, a certified coach, and just being good at what I was doing was not going to pay the bills or um, even have me get by. And I was starting to put groceries on credit cards, which is a very scary situation for um, many women, if you've ever been there. I have. You have. Yeah, so here I, I am, somebody who came from a poverty consciousness and, and really came from a life where, my gosh, if I could make $5,000 a month, that would be considered you know, doing well. And even had a conversation within myself of that's all I wanted because that's all I knew, that's all I could believe was possible. And it didn't take me long to figure out that that wasn't going to work and it wasn't going to allow me to serve people because there was something going on inside of me that was a conflict with the universe about how can I help a lot of people and also take care of myself if money is bad, money is wrong, money is evil, everybody who's ever had it is wrong and bad. And I, I actually remember I was driving, we had a nanny a couple of years ago, and she had a, a Jaguar. Funny that our nanny had a Jag. And uh, <laughs> we pair our nannies well, but not that well, but she had a Jag. And, what you know, we, we just... Out of being environmentally conscious, we decided to be a one-car family. We only had one child at the time. So we would do this thing where if I needed to go into town, you know, I work from home, assistants take care of everything. I don't usually have to leave the house unless my body needs to be in an appointment. But I, I took her car to go to, an, uh, I think it was a chiropractor appointment, and I remember pulling onto the freeway in her Jaguar and thinking, 
and I think I almost cut somebody off, and I and I thought, gosh, if my if I had been in that car as a child, and I'd been with my mother, and and somebody had cut us off in a Jaguar, there would have been some comment about that awful rich person, mm-hmm. in some offhand way, and and so it's been interesting for me as I've created more wealth for our family, my husband and I, through doing this you know, amazing work that we do, really getting to serve the world, um, you know, hundreds of paying clients at any given time, and you know, really building quite a, a beautiful, what we call a heart-based empire. It's been interesting for me to notice when there's some old conversation that would pop up or to really think about what my conditioning was and to really get the impact that that has on our conversations. And so how does that show up? You know, for me personally, I really examine how does that show up in a selling conversation when I'm talking with someone and I want them to sign up for my services. And so Jesse and I really had to, my husband Jesse, we had to really have a shift in our paradigm of how do we think about what are the beliefs that we hold when we're having those conversations that really are about money. It's about I'm having a conversation, I want to help you, and I want you to pay me for that. This is a a commerce conversation. It's a money conversation. Um, And whether it's about somebody having a conversation to, you know, for fundraising or whatever it is, investment, you know, that it's all a money conversation. And how do I have that? And still stay in my heart and, and come from a place of integrity and of love and yet not give myself away in the process. And so that became an inquiry that led to our heart selling system, which is our signature system that we teach. And it's really the system that's been the foundation of us creating our wealth. And so so here we are having these conversations, and how do we change our paradigm? And, Marcia, I would believe that – I believe that one of the first places that we have to go inside, and whether that's with the assistance of a coach uh, like yourself or – um, you know, learning from, you know, reading books and having conversations with other people who are on this journey and who are in a learning mode about it and willing to inquire within themselves that how do you start to look at your underlying beliefs and the conditioning that you got as a child? And you may be in a lot of different situations. You may be someone who inherited a lot of money. And how do you live with yourself? I mean, is there guilt associated with that? You You have to really look deeply at what are those deep conversations that I'm saying to myself that I may not even be aware are not necessarily true. And I think that's a great place to start is really examining your beliefs and ideas and thinking about what was the environment, what what was the conversation or the lack of conversation about money. You know, again, in my family, the conversation was that rich people are bad, money is evil, and we never talked about what we made or, you know, my mother never talked about that. We just talked about that we couldn't afford this or that. And I I find that even with all of the re- self-reflection that I've done and all of the work, and I've done a lot of work around myself and money, that that stuff still creeps in sometimes. And it's a constant, what should I say, it's a constant journey to bring myself back to a higher consciousness and a higher awareness of it which then you've got to change your beliefs, right? Get get really clear about what your current beliefs are that are having you feel uncomfortable about it and having you feel a lack of joy. 
And if you find yourself always talking about what you can't afford or or um, feeling ashamed of what you have, then you've got to really take a look at those beliefs and then to start to change them. And, and then the start, go ahead. Excuse me for interrupting, Charlotte, but you know, I think you're just making a series of really important points. And that one you just said about talking about not having enough or this or that, and the flip side, which I I see also women doing, but I think it comes from the same place, which is also buying things, some whether it's purses or or shoes or th- that clearly say. I cost a lot of money. Yes. Buying it to project that image, don't both of those come from a similar place, don't they? I would say I would say so. Yes. Yes, and you know, and it's it's interesting when I I even notice that in myself of where am I puffing myself up? <laughs> you know. <laughs> where am I puffing myself up and why am I doing that? What's going on inside of me, inside of my own heart, inside of my own soul? And usually what I find, Marcia, is that when I'm in that place of wanting to puff myself up, whether it's let me do something for the sake of looking good, then, um, and you know, and, and that doesn't mean you can't do this from a clean energy, and that, that might be kind of woo-woo language, but I'm going to use it anyway, because it's like what's the come from when you're doing something. You might just think something is gorgeous and beautiful and you want it, and it, it makes you feel amazing and that's why you want it because it just helps you feel like you look at it and you think gosh I look so beautiful in that gown or that purse is such a great compliment to this outfit and it's really something that comes from a clean energy versus I'm buying this because I'm wanting to look good and so to really examine where it's coming from um, and one of my spiritual mentors says that the consciousness that obtains sustains I'll say that again, the consciousness that obtains sustains. And so what's the consciousness that's obtaining this thing? And when you can really get clear about that and bring yourself back to alignment, and I want to, actually, this is really something I want to talk about in depth, Marcia. I think you and I agree on this point that really to me, when I think of what is the new feminine wealth, to me it's really all about alignment. And are you connected with something greater than yourself as you operate in your life, whether it's purchasing something at a store, whether it's helping someone who's less fortunate than you are, whether it's getting a new client, where are you operating from? And to me, when you can stay in that place of alignment, then your energy is clean. People feel that, and whatever whatever the exchange is about that has to do with money, then it's it's just a different way of operating. And so what is alignment? And and for me alignment is am I con- you know I will use the word god, you could also use the word universe or spirit, but am I connected with god and all that I'm doing? Wow. You're the first one who you know I've been asking women around the world what is your definition of the new feminine wealth and it's on my list of things to ask you, and you went right to the heart the heart of it, <laughs> which you're the first one to say al- alignment. It's about alignment. Are you connected with something greater than yourself? And that is so core because our culture here in the U.S. at least does not teach us to be to, that when we think about money, 
to think about something greater than ourselves. We're a culture where we're taught really to be very self-conscious, not self-aware, but very self-conscious about money in terms and, of what having money or not having money mean about me. And separate and, from it too, right? <laughs> yes, yes. yes. And what's going to happen to me because of having money or not having money? Um, but yes, did you separate, say, say more about that. Well, there is this idea that you know, money is bad, evil, wrong, whether we have lots of it or we don't have lots of it. <laughs> and then we separate ourselves from it just as we would. And, you know, and this might sound a little woo-woo, but I'm going to actually take a little bit of a higher altitude and uh, take what I would call a meta view of our lives and really look at this way that, you know, if I if I have an impact on somebody across the world by a decision that I make, then that's you know ultimately going to come back to me. Sometimes we think that that there's this separation between everybody else and us. It's us against them, and it really is the human condition, right? And it's it's this interesting thing that we do because I can even find myself, for example, you know, I have I have two young children. We have two boys. We have a four-year-old and a one-year-old, and um, you know, just the biggest blessing in the whole wide world to have children. And um, and there's this way, especially when we have children, that we can kind of think that we're separate, like I'm going to just take care of my family. But yet, when you open it up to a bigger circle, I think, what can I do in the world through my work, and whether that's volunteer work or that's work that you're doing to get paid for, what can I do in my in my work that can impact the world in a positive way so that it's a better world for my children, and maybe I can't even make a frickin' dent, you know, when it comes down to it. The truth might be that I can't even make a dent, but I am going to do what I can, that I at least am in alignment with a greater truth, that I'm making my decisions from that greater truth, and then, and, and I really come from this perspective that we are all one, that there is no separation. And even if you can't make a dent, as you say, which, you know, I don't really believe, but if you could, I mean, if, even if that's worst-case scenario, you could just all your efforts didn't make a dent, you're raising your children in an environment where you believe that you and they are connected to the greater good and to the whole. You are connected to everyone in the world and that what you do matters. And that makes a world of difference in how children feel in terms of belonging in the world. And I think... That in itself makes a huge dent. If 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 all children were raised to feel that way, our world would feel very different to all of us. Absolutely, absolutely. And you know, I know I didn't grow up believing the world was safe, and had to actually overcome much of that, and still find myself in states where, when I'm not conscious, I can go into a place where I feel like the world isn't safe. And what would it be like if? Our children were raised in a place where they felt like it was safe, and um, and that was a strong inner knowing of them. They can they can figure out the rest of it later about some of the horrible things that happen in the world. And uh, but for now, I try and keep them, you know, growing up in a place that it's safe and really doing what I can to impact the world around me, so that they are growing up in a better world. I'll do the best I can, and that's that's all I can do, right? Yes. I want to um, let listeners know that they can call in. They I meant to mention this 20 minutes ago, but 
I got riveted and I forgot. So all callers are welcome. Please call in. If you have a question, um, you can talk to Sharla, you can talk to me, or you can uh, tell our producer your question and she'll forward it to us. You can also email your question in, and I'll give you the email for that. It's listeners at Sylvia, S-Y-L-V-I-A, just like it sounds, the name Sylvia, global.com. Listeners at sylviaglobal.com. In the subject line, you want to put the name of the show. Put um, NFW, which stands for New Feminine Wealth and um, our producer will get that. You can also put your question on Twitter right now with a hashtag of NFW, which, of course, is for New Feminine Wealth. And you can go to the Sylvia Global Facebook page. You have many options. Um, But definitely let us know your questions or significant comments. We'd love to hear from you. And um, for those who have tuned in uh, in the last several minutes, I am Marcia Nelson. The show is The New Feminine Wealth. And I am speaking with Sharla Jacobs. She is uh, one of my favorite people when I think of how to have a new kind of conversation about money. She's been helping people for many years uh, shift their beliefs Uh, about money and their abilities to communicate about money in the world by teaching them with her along with her husband their heart selling system and um, well I have a couple of there period I have a couple of questions coming at me two two at once here Charlotte so I'll pick one you mentioned earlier, you know, how you you, you started out uh, really struggling with money and the belief that uh, rich people were more or less bad and money, having you know, being rich was kind of a bad thing and blah blah blah, which is you know one of the one of the cultural money stories, which is a bookend to the one about having a lot of money will solve all problems, and both of them, of course, are equally inaccurate. You've been through quite a journey, which you share very openly. Um, now that you have money, how do you feel about money? Great question. Great question. Well, it depends on the day and it depends on my level of consciousness is the honest answer. <laughs> um, because, you know, no matter what, one of one of my mentors once said that Money just makes you more of who you already are. So if you're a good person, money's going to make you a bigger good person. And if you're, you know, a, a greedy person, money's just going to make you more of a greedy person. And you know, I've always been somebody who really does like to give, and I've also been somebody who really likes to to have beautiful things and enjoy life. And um, I I would say that um, how I feel about it. It, it really depends on where my focus is. And most of the time I feel like it's a servant to this this mission that I'm on. Um, I, I really feel so blessed and so grateful that money allows me to, for example, have somebody cook and prepare all of our meals so I can spend more time with our children. I feel blessed that I can work 15 to 20 hours a week 
and I do what I love and enjoy doing what I love and have the rest of it taken care of for me and that I can make a choice like that so that I can pick up my son from preschool and I can spend the afternoons with my boys. Um, I, I love that, you know, my husband and I can have dates as much as the kids will allow it. <laughs> um, you know, I, I love that it allows us to, uh, for example, for our, you know, five-year an- uh, wedding anniversary, um, my husband got surprise, uh, it was a mystery date, and uh, we got surprise floor seats for the Madonna concert. And, you know, Madonna is an icon I grew up with, and so it was a real special day. And to be able to to have opportunities like that where we can, you know, have the best of whatever there is to have. And it doesn't mean that we're squanderous with it. Um, we're still actually pretty conservative with how we spend. But, um, and we still make strategic decisions in our business, for example, about who we're going to hire. We don't just throw it all around. But it really does allow us to have a lot of opportunities. Um, I just, I feel really, really blessed that it allows us to, you know, money is really a servant and it allows us to serve our, our greater mission. What will you tell your two boys about money as they get older? What do you want them to, to know and to feel? We already we already say things about money to them. We're we're already we're very conscious of the beliefs that we are instilling by what we say. Um we try to have as little adult conversation around our children as possible as a principal and when they ask something that pertains to money, for example, they really want to buy this thing, and we we actually don't buy our children a lot of toys because we want to foster their imagination. Um, and but we'll have a you know why is uh, here's an example that there's you know a nanny that used to work and um, you know went and got a different job, and so you know they start asking about uh, well our older one he's four, what's a job, <laughs> and you know we we talk about that um, that people go out and do work. And they get paid for work, and that allows them to, you know, have a house to live in and to buy food. And so they're really understanding, you know, and it's when the, you know, because I, I don't actually use a lot of cash these days. I'm I'm pretty much a debit card girl, right? And um, they sometimes say, just take out, you know, I remember when my son first said, my son first said, just take out the, the credit card. And <laughs> I think all children pick up on that one at some point, <laughs> And to say, well, this is actually a form of money, and this is something that we, you know, exchange for what we're getting. So I, I really talk about how we're grateful for money, how money really helps us do a lot of things. Um, I let them know that we are very blessed in our lives that we worked, and you know, and I do let them know that we worked hard to get here. Um, I don't want them to think that it's just an easy thing, and that. Um, I mean, it, anybody that tells you that it's just going to be easy the whole time is, you know, probably full of baloney. Uh, <laughs> so there, you know, there's there's times where you have to work hard, and you work hard for long enough that it gets to be the point where you don't have to work as hard. And um, but we tell them that we worked hard to be able to make enough money, and you know, to make a lot of money so that we can hire other people to take care of things for us, and that not everybody is that blessed. Um, you know, and they haven't noticed that other people have smaller houses yet. Um, but it's um, it's just one of those things that I I want them to know that there's a lot of gratitude and blessing around it, and that we are always grateful for what we have. Yeah, that's very nice, very balanced, and and grounded. I like that. Um, 
a, a question here. I um, will read. Uh, I'm going to. I'm shortening it in my mind here to summarize it. Okay, so it's from someone who has a significant amount amount of money, but uh, inherited it. Sometimes I feel like I don't deserve it, or others will judge me if they know my true financial situation. So this speaks to that unease that I mentioned earlier and within herself. And I wonder, I'm thinking about, you know, heart and self-compassion and those kinds of things because she seems, this is very, it's a very judgmental, self-judgmental view and then the projection that others will judge her, and it, it's very, very common. Yes. What would you say to that? I think that's a great question. And whether you inherited your money or you worked for it or whatever it is, I make it a general rule in communicating with people to start out by creating relatedness. And, you know, an example might be that when I'm, you know, for for example, my our older son, Jacob, he just started at a school, and there are single mothers whose children are there on scholarship. It's a private school. Uh, it's it's a Waldorf school, kindergarten. And so there are children there who, they're, you know, their mothers are single and on scholarship, and we, of course, are paying. And, you know, who knows which parents are paying and which parents are not. But there's quite an array, and, it, and it's it's quite a... There's um, how do I say it? There's it's like there's both ends of the spectrum there, and you know I'm going to be conscious that yes, some people will have judgment, and I also need to be aware that that judgment really has nothing to do with me. It has everything to do with their upbringing and their beliefs and the conditioning that they received that they may or may not have questioned. So. I'm aware of that, and what I find is that when we can get related to people, to another human being, from something that is uh, anything that we have in common. So, um, for example, with a, a new mother that I met, she's there, single mother, there on scholarship, you know, really struggling, and I can tell. I'm going to find a different way to relate about being a parent um, because this person actually happens to also be into a lot of the health practices that we're in, and I, I happen to notice that she was drinking a green, you know, had her daughter drinking some kind of a, a juice, a green juice, a vegetable juice. I'm relating on that level, and I'm actually keeping the money part out of it, but I'm doing it from a conscious place because I want to create relationship and I want people to feel comfortable. So in a way, I'm kind of getting out of myself and and not really worrying about what other people are thinking of me and instead thinking, how can I make this person feel comfortable? How can I serve this other person that I'm with? And, you know, Marcia, we, you know, we've kind of touched on the subject of heart selling. And I think I'm going to, what I'm going to do is I'm going to say a little bit about it now because it's not just about having a conversation to get a client, but it's also about relating with people wherever you are. Yeah, you and go for it because that actually uh, was my, going to be my next question. I, I absolutely agree. Let's have you talk about heart selling. <laughs> yes, I've had I've had so many clients who've learned our heart selling system and said, oh, my gosh, not only did I fill my practice with all these clients, but my dating life improved, and now I'm relating with my family better. And so... 
um, <laughs> over and over again. So it really is a, a, a system to relate with people better. So I'll go through it briefly and just give you a little bit around it as it relates to just meeting people and, and getting to know them and how it can serve you. And it can really remove that, here's some barrier. I have a lot of money and they don't, and I'm afraid they're going to judge me. So um, there are five elements in, in this heart selling system, and these actually come from the ancient Chinese system of, um, the, you know, for Chinese medicine, it's also used in feng shui. So you may be familiar with this. This is a the system is thousands and thousands of years old, and um, the first element is the fire element, and the you know the the season of the fire element is the summertime. It's when we're you know thinking about being around the campfire and just feeling really warm and laughing and connected. And um, the the organ of the fire element is the heart, and so when we're starting off any conversation, the first thing that we want to do is get into our heart and get into a place of connection and do something to create a connection with this other person that we're talking with. So that's the fire element. The next element in the system is the earth element. And when we think about the earth, it's it's holding us up. It's abundant with, you know, there's not just one apple on the apple tree, right? The 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 earth really does provide us with so much abundance. And if we really think about it, the earth is in service to us and it's like we talk about the Mother Earth, right? The the um, the Native American Indians would talk about Mother Earth and Father Sky, and that our Mother, the Earth, really gives us so much. And and so when we think about uh, the energy of a mother, of a really kind mother, she's one that really shows up in service and really in selfless service, if you think about it. And so how do you have a conversation where you're showing up to serve people. And I always am looking for how I can help someone whenever I'm in a conversation because everybody's looking for something. And I might be able to make an introduction. I might be able to recommend a resource. I might be able to uh, share about something that's amazing that's coming up. It's really about coming from contribution. And so if you're connecting and then you're coming from contribution or showing up to serve, you've got the fire and the earth element handled. Now the next element in the system is the metal element. And this, in Chinese medicine, this is that all the gems and the minerals of that you know get mined from the earth. And we think, why, why is a diamond so valuable? Well, we've assigned that value to it. So it's really about you know the gems and the minerals and this value that we assign to them or the value that we assign to another human being. And you will find value in anyone you're having a conversation with if you really look for it. You know, because we're all walking around trying to be valued and trying to be seen and trying to be heard. And life is a lot simpler when we can see other people. We actually get that all of us are walking around like that. And from a place of compassion and love and wanting to be, um, you know, a kind human being, really show up to acknowledge that value in other people. And so in the hard-selling system, the metal element is about acknowledging. And it's about how do you acknowledge that gem inside of another human being. And it might be, you know, it might start off with a compliment that, gosh, those are those are beautiful earrings, or gosh, I love that haircut on you. It might be something quite surface like that. But as you get to talk with someone, you can begin to glean who they are as a human being and actually acknowledge them in a powerful way. 
because we're all walking around wanting to be seen, and that's a form of acknowledgement. And so perhaps it might be, you know, somebody is sharing with you, because we all walk around complaining most of the time, right? <laughs> um, this is, by the way, a really great way to get out of complaining and actually get into a place of connection with something greater. But suppose you're having a conversation with someone and they're they're complaining, and you actually can see what their intent is underneath that complaint, or you can see what they really want. Maybe they're complaining because they really want something better for their children, or they really want something better for their husband, or they actually have a deep commitment, or they have some kind of courage of something that they have gone through. Well, you can acknowledge that by saying, wow, I really see what a tough circumstance you went through. And uh, I can say that took a lot of courage. And, And what you'll find is that when you're relating with someone in this way and when you acknowledge them you'll actually see them stand a little taller and relax a little bit into themselves and just feel a little bit seen and heard and gotten it makes a huge difference it It does it really does because you're right you know i heard oprah once say that she said she said that out of all the things she's learned in her 25 years and plus of, of being on tv is that the one thing people most want is to feel seen and uh, welcomed by another person. Absolutely, and that's, just, and that's why she's probably the wealthy, one of the wealthiest women in the world, right? She, um, I mean, she's brilliant at seeing people, and and people drop in and feel comfortable with her, and you can see it any time you watch her on TV. Yeah. So what you're talking about is also a little mini way of being in service to others, as you were speaking about earlier. Absolutely. All of this is, yes. So and then that's the metal element, which is you know, missing for most conversations. And if you can really adopt, if you take one thing from this this blog talk radio show that I'm going to start acknowledging people, you will see a tremendous difference in the way people relate to you and the way they feel comfortable with you. And then the next the next element is the water element. This is uh when you know we start to go into the winter time, it gets quieter. We go into ourselves a little bit more or a lot more in some cases. It gets darker. And it's really about what's under the surface that we're not seeing. I mean, you know, we can all look at the surface of the ocean and go, "Wow, that's really beautiful." But if you've ever been scuba diving, you know there's so much going on underneath the surface. And so the water element is really about being curious. And if you can start being curious in your conversation, instead of spending so much of your time trying to be heard, you can start being curious about other people and really listening deeply. You're going to be the most interesting person they've ever met in their life. (laughs) You're going to be in a conversation with them, and you may not have even said a whole lot about yourself, but other people are going to go, wow, that person was so interesting because you were so interested in them. And um, <laughs> um, one of the there's a, a very uh, wealthy woman who was a, a mentor to me years 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 ago. I am a mentor in the in the in the way that I heard her speak on stage, and she had a very big impact on my life. I heard her speak for an hour, and she had a, a big impact on on our life. Um, her name is Laurel Langmire, and she's also in this business of helping entrepreneurs. And she once said that you have two ears and one mouth, and so we really took that as a principle. <laughs> to listen more and talk less. And this works when you're having a hard-selling conversation to have somebody become a client. When you listen more and talk less, I definitely recommend this. And also when you're trying to create a relationship with people, it's a way to really have people feel comfortable around you. 
And then the next element is to uh, is the wood element. And this is the springtime. Things are, you know, bursting out of their seams. They're growing, you know, growing to the light. The 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 trees and the plants are are coming, you know, the seedling is bursting out of its shell and going around in rocks and roots. It's got a vision to grow and it's going to get there no matter what. And in the heart selling system, obviously, it makes sense to really give people a choice rather than saying something like, oh, here's my business card and hoping they call um, when it comes to getting clients to actually make a request to follow up. Can we, you know, can we, can I have your business card and can we talk about this on you know, Tuesday or Thursday, can we have a follow-up conversation? Or it might be, would you like to get started? Uh, you know, that's that's an obvious question that would really move your business forward. And when it comes to relationship, it might, it, there may not be an opportunity for a wood element in an initial conversation, but perhaps there is. Maybe you're in a fundraising conversation. It's like, would you like to contribute? Whatever it is, there there's a place for where is that vision and where is that choice that someone needs. That's and the thing about this. Everything you I've heard you talk about in the heart selling applies to out-and-out sales. And why can you imagine if people taught their children's a simple their children a simple version of this for yes. products for their to raise money for the school band and and that kind of thing. But it's it, for sales, but also for. Um, Getting donations, uh, asking people to become donors and supporters of really big, meaningful, important projects in the world. It's because I know I know many women who are actually really uncomfortable doing that, even though the money isn't technically for them. Yeah. It, it there's that taboo about asking others for money, and some people are very comfortable. Um, but for those who aren't, everything you're talking about directly applies, doesn't it? It's it's coming from the heart and a place of connectedness and a place bigger than ourselves to have those kinds of money conversations and to come out with a feeling of being successful and doing it's win 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 win. Yes. Yes, and this is a this is a learned skill. This is not something you're born with. <laughs> um, the, you know, I'm, I'm teaching this quick little system. It's something we actually spend two days on in our um, one of our programs. But it is really a learned skill that when you can get this, you know, th- there is, and I, actually I should say, this is not a technique kind of a thing. This is not like you can just slap this on to something when you don't feel good about it inside of yourself. You do have to do your internal work. And you do have to create that alignment for yourself. And when you can get yourself, and I, you know, I would even recommend if you if you have some kind of a relationship with uh, something greater than you. I I actually do pray, and I do feel like I can speak directly to spirit or the universe or my guides or angels or God or whatever you want to call it. And before I go on stage, for example, to speak, I will get myself in that aligned place so that I will feel that alignment and I will be able to, uh, you know, show up in a state of service. Before I would have a conversation with somebody to become a client, I would make sure I'm in that aligned energy first and then the elements fall into place really nicely because a lot of this is uh, really about what I would call getting over there, you know, not making it about me. It's almost like you have to remove your ego and remove yourself and really show up completely in service to another human being. 
And that's really where you get to make the most difference, whether it's your husband or your children or whatever it is, you know, that um, when I can be strong enough in myself to have a conversation where I'm I'm making a request, where I'm giving a choice, it's it really empowers other people. Quit holding other people small and, and not giving them choices. Hey, a couple things here because you said it, you you have to be in the aligned energy uh, first to then go into the uh, a money conversation of yes. really any sort, I think. And that takes us back to what you said in the beginning of our conversation today when you gave us your definition of the new feminine wealth, which is alignment. Are you connected with something greater than yourself? Alignment. I want to say, the second thing I want to say is that I, see, I've seen you at work. You know, it, several years ago I went through your program and I have to say for myself, it brought me a piece about money that I didn't consciously know I was needing. Mm. And I saw it do that for many other people. And here's uh, he, the thing is, what, it, you know, it, it, was, it, it gave me total permission to like money, to like talking about money with people, to look for opportunities to talk about money with people. Because once I was had those techniques for coming into that aligned place in myself and that open-heartedness and that place of connectedness and uh, for the high, being for the higher good, being interested in talking about money for the in ways that were for the higher good, including mine, including the person I was talking to, and maybe also including others, Money became a fun subject, mm-hmm. and I think that's really what was missing, um, that we can be passionate about things related to money if we have that open-hearted, light-hearted, fun place that we're coming from. In that, in, in that in- instance, money is then... Oh, it's it's a really fun medium to deal in, and we automatically, without having to censor our thoughts or question our intentions, are drawn toward using it in constructive ways that support the genuine well-being of ourselves and others. It becomes automatic, don't you find? I, I would agree. And, I mean, money is really a tool. It's a tool for you to do great things in the world, and if you have great intentions and positive intentions, you'll be able to do those great things with it. And, um, you know, I, I want you to have that freedom around it. And I, I realized, Marcia, I didn't come quite full circle with uh, the question that was asked, and that was around um, the woman who had inher- you know, has inherited a lot of money and doesn't feel comfortable with it. And, you know, what I would say is that if you really relate with people, really about them, it kind of doesn't matter. And maybe they'll find out one day, you know, maybe one day one of the they'll come to your house and they'll go, wow. But their heart will be so connected to your heart that, you know, I, I don't imagine that that's going to change their opinion of you. And you can actually be an example of changing people's paradigm around people who have money are extraordinarily wonderful and generous and loving, kind people. And, you know, I have found a lot of evidence for that because as I've become very successful and I know a lot of seven- and eight-figure business owners, they're the most generous people that I know. 
And, you know, I, we, for example, wouldn't have been able to donate $25,000 to build a school in Africa and create a water well and teach them sustainable farming and um, make sure that these children get an education and, the, you know, the women don't have to spend all day in poverty just walking back and forth to get water. And that was something that moved me. And without wealth, we wouldn't have been able to do that. So, I, you know, I really hold it, and I want you to hold yourself, whether whether you're wanting to gain a lot of money or you have it, that it, it's almost a mantra you can say to yourself that that people who have a lot of money, myself included, are extremely generous and kind people. Mm. And when you <laughs> hold that in yourself, it's really hard to imagine. I mean, I, it would be hard for me to imagine that somebody else is going to judge me because I just don't think about that myself, if that makes sense. It does make sense. We have uh, just a few minutes left, and I want, do want to be sure and give people a way to contact you and so on. But first, just briefly, it may, the thing that is left hanging for me, is because I hear so many women feel isolated, that, you know, money... You've been talking about money in, in, in a way that connects people, thinking, feeling, and speaking about money and taking actions with money that really come from a place of connectedness with others. And so often money isolates people. People may feel isolated and, and bad, embarrassed, ashamed because they don't have much money. And it's very similar often on the other side when people who do have uh, an abundance of money feel also isolated uh, because of their money. And do you, what you were just were describing about that mantra, it speaks to self-compassion or self-love or it's a pain, it feels painful though to feel isolated in the moment. Mm-hmm. Um what would be maybe something that a person in that position, because I get asked this a lot, and so I want to ask as many wise women what, about what it as I can. What should you do? What should you do when you feel that way? Yeah. Right? Yeah, in the moment. What do you... In the moment. Great question. Well, in the moment, I would stop and put your hands on your heart and take a breath and really, you know... Ask for God, spirit, angels, guides, universe, whatever it is, the word that works for you, to really come in and, and, and bring you, you know, to bring love to yourself. And and that's the best thing you can do in that moment. And find something that you can say to yourself that has you feel more connected. And that's an in-the-moment thing. Now, what you want to move toward is having that feeling come up less and less in your life. And so what do you do there? And I would encourage you to make a commitment to yourself because I know there are millions of things pulling at you at all times. You always have to create a priority. But to make a commitment to yourself to stop the suffering and instead get educated. Make that commitment to yourself to... Make your joy and your fulfillment and your life really working for you because it can look really beautiful on the outside. But if it doesn't feel good on the inside, it's really kind of pointless, isn't it? So I want you to make that commitment to yourself to create fulfillment and joy for yourself. And that doesn't mean going out and doing more. It means prioritizing your happiness 
for the sake of yourself and for everybody that you love that's around you and for your cause and for your business and for your clients and whatever it is that you do, make your happiness a priority. It's it's why I chose, it was actually just a couple months ago that I realized, my goodness, I'm not going to regret if I don't launch that product. Oh, I didn't launch that one product I always wanted to launch. No, I'm not I'm not going to regret a few hundred thousand dollars that didn't come in. We're doing fine. Um but I would regret not spending time with my children when they're this age. And that was a life-changing decision for me. And and yes, it it makes it more challenging. I do have to get more done in less time and I I did have to bring another team member on to really, you know, duplicate myself, which is a great thing to do anyway. Um, but the joy that I get from picking up my, you know, taking my baby, my 17-month-old baby, um, to my other son's school and picking him up and spending the afternoons with him, with both of them, is amazing. And I've, it's brought a sense of peace to my life that I could have never imagined. And I actually, instead of feeling flustered and uncomfortable as a parent, I've, you know, made it a priority to figure out actually how to not lose my cool. So all of that, once you make those priorities about your own joy and fulfillment, so many things fall into place. Yeah. And let's let's close because I I don't want us to get cut off in the middle of you giving people a way to to reach you. Everything you've said has been so empowering for people. Uh, let's quickly give them your website and um, I think you have a gift for them there as well. We do, we do. So I would encourage you to really commit to your education and your fulfillment. And one way to get yourself educated is to come and learn our heart selling system in two days with us. Um, We have a workshop called Rejuvenate Your Practice Two Day Intensive. You can find out about that at giftfrommarsha.com and that's M-A-R-T-I-A giftfrommarsha.com and uh, you'll be able to go ahead and put your name and email address in and get access to a free 60-minute training video on how to attract clients without struggle. And our Heart Selling System, there's a bit of training in there. And then you can apply for a full scholarship to our Rejuvenate Your Practice two-day intensive. You're certainly welcome to pay $9.97. Um, this is a, it's not a needs-based scholarship. It's a commitment-based scholarship. Uh, so you can decide whether you want to go ahead and just pay the Nine ninety seven, or apply for a full scholarship and come learn with Jesse and I. And I promise you that at the end of the two days, whether you're an entrepreneur or you're not, you will feel a different relationship with money inside of yourself and you will have tools to get related with people and to judge yourself less about what you're up to. You'll get both personal growth and business development in those two days. Yes. That's excellent. And you know what? I got so engrossed in listening to you. There were questions coming in on my screen, and I apologize to those listeners. But, um, Charlotte, I would love to have you come back sometime, and we can uh, answer some of those questions then. And I also want to tell those listeners, you can please post those questions on uh, Sylvia Global Facebook or Twitter with the hashtag NFW Radio for New Feminine Wealth Radio, NFW Radio, and I will answer those. Charla will answer those. We will get back to you. So, uh, gift was it giftfrommarsha.com, Charla? Yes, giftfrommarsha.com, M A R T I A, giftfrommarsha.com. M-A-R-T-I-A-T as in Tom. And um, Charlotte Jacobs, thank you so much for being here today. And I am Marsha Nelson 
for the new Feminine Wealth radio show, you can reach me at my website, Marsha, M-A-R-T-I-A, Nelson.com. I am a coach, confidant, and catalyst to high net worth. I look forward to talking to everybody next week. Uh, Till then, have a wonderful, joyful week.